0: Blob Talk Radio. From the windy city to your city. Courtside, the matchup
1: you've been waiting for. A field of dreams for some and a long ride home for others. Sounding so good through the air, it's like you're right there. Folks, you want the
0: score? People, she's got your game. It's the Maya Kai Show. Featuring comedian Nikki Braden. She is pretty funny with your host, Maya Kai, radio never looks so good. Uh, well, uh, uh,
1: uh, I means Your weekend might be already started, or maybe we're waiting to get it set off. But either way, you are tuned in to Maya Kai Show Unplugged featuring me and Nikki Graydon. And our cause for the day is to always help you to kick your morning up to midday, and we have quite the show set up to do that. Nikki, are you ready to get this started?
2: I am happy Friday, everyone. Let's do this.
1: All right. So, as always, we're very consistent. Even the last couple of days, I've been trying to break consistency
0: when February <laughs> ended, but I will be good about it.
1: <laughs> so, how the show is going to unfold? Topics on the table. We always kick off that first hour. What's trending? Those hot topics and headlines everyone's talking about. so may have a local, national, or international focus, and then we mash up a couple more, and then we round out that first hour with the awful truth. We've got a couple of topics in there that I don't think it's going to be hard to see why they're the awful truth, but they are what they are. So we'll kick off that second hour, the 1 o'clock hour, with the fringe, some of those headlines that maybe you don't know about, but we think they're worthy of chatting about. And, of course, it's Friday, so Nikki has the cream of the crop, something that you should be in the know about, and she's going to put you there. And then we will wind everything up with celebrity talk and the side-eye. That's how the show is going to unfold, as always. If you're not here, there is no show. So we encourage you to participate, join the conversation. You can always call in. FYI, I'm not rehashing any old conversations that have already happened this week, so don't bother to call in. 310-807-5211 is how you can chime in the conversation, or in social media is your comfort zone, or if it's just more convenient, I get it. You're at You can't be chiving up with your girls. I get it. You can always find me on Facebook and Twitter at The Maya Kai Show. Nikki, how can they connect with you?
2: I am Nikki Braden on Facebook. Do not call me with a Twitter war. I'm gonna stop even saying my Twitter handle. Don't come at me with a Twitter war. <laughs> Nikki Braden on Twitter, the Nikki Braden on Instagram, and the chat room is wide open. I
1: tried to start a Twitter war on Facebook. Yeah, didn't quite. All of a sudden, <laughs> it just stopped when I included you into the into the combat. All of a sudden, it just like <laughs> I have nothing left to say. Oh, really, You have <laughs> nothing
0: left to say.
2: Nothing I was on like like you don't want to rumble okay. with the bee, huh? <laughs> like, yeah, I come. You don't want to rumble with the bee. <laughs> oh,
0: man. Oh, man.
1: All right. All right. So, it's Friday. We are officially into the season of the Pisces. That means that's your astrological <laughs> sign. Started February 19th, goes until March 20th. So, what is in store for your Pisces brethren today?
2: Have you been neglecting your inner voice lately, you know, doing things that other people are telling you to do instead of going with your own gut? Today you'll need to realign your priorities. Make sure that you put yourself first in every sense of the word. Take your health more seriously, ramp up your exercise routine, and target a certain part of your body that you want to change. You are in control of your life and your body. This is a power you need to not take for granted. So that is, oh, yeah, everybody's sick. It's, I mean, this whole thing is going around. I still have a touch of it. You can hear it. So everybody, yeah. not just Pisces, really take care of yourself because this thing is going around. It's wiping a lot of people out. And also if today yeah. is your birthday, March 4th, you have in common, here's some celebrity birthdays, Patricia Heaton's birthday is today, um, Bobby Christina, it would have been her birthday, Chaz Bono, huh. Draymond Green, um, Catherine O'Hara, who's a second city alum, and Garrett A. Morgan. They were all born on oh. March 4th.
1: Today, wait, today is Draymond Green's birthday. The Elon yes. Center from the Golden State yes. Warriors, who is just yes, falling out the gym. Happy birthday, Draymond yes. Green. All right. Just in case you don't know who she is, she's the mom from everyone. No, um,
2: Love's like Raymond, and now the middle. Yes, she's yes. on the middle, too. Mm-hmm. Yes.
1: And, and now the middle. Yes. So that's who Patricia Heaton is. She has some um, unusually large ears, FYI, if you've mm-hmm. ever known before. <laughs>
2: I no, haven't, but I'm gonna like, look now.
1: Like yeah, she's got some unusually large ears. Okay, All right.
2: well I'm, they, that's why they make her wear that bobby thing. She, always, I'm like her hair's always well, like in a bob. Yeah. I've never seen her ears.
1: She huh. Seriously, she's got elephant magic ears. She really does. Wow, really, hilarious. She got the suckers. She the suckers out in the commercial ones, and I was like, whoa. Can you hear me? Because <laughs> that's how big they were. But anyway, I'm wow. gonna have her birthday. But speaking of birthdays, if today is your birthday. You actually share your birthday, City of Chicago. The City of Chicago is 179 years old today. Isn't that so? Old
2: ass. Old ass Chicago.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Old Chicago. Old Chicago. entertainment venue, like small miracle, well, have a time. People probably don't know what that is. All right, but what's interesting, I figured, you know what, today is Chicago's birthday. I was like, how much do I know about the city of Chicago besides the fact that I live close to it? I said, let me dig in. I do know that it was founded by Jean-Baptiste. Jean-Baptiste. Yes. Who was the first actual resident. He set up his little fort, his little teepee on the mouth Mm -hmm. of the Chicago River, like, in in 1780. But it wasn't until, I want to say, closer to the um, 1800s that Chicago was actually first a town. It was in 18, I want to say 18, like 20 or so, is when it was actually a town first. And then it became an actual incorporated city in 1837. So that's oh. when it became known as exactly 1837. So that's why today officially is considered to be its birthday because it was incorporated on this day in 1837 18. now. A couple of things that I thought interesting, because I was like, man, Chicago's having some major growing pains to be, you know, the third largest city in this country. right. which means within the Chicago city limits, there's roughly 2.7 million people. But here's mm-hmm. something that blew my mind. In the greater Chicagoland area, oh. Cook County, the county Chicago's in, which goes all the way out to Schaumburg, all the way out to like right. Billy Park, Cook, Cook County is huge. Do you know that encompasses roughly 10 million people?
2: It has to. I, was like, I mean, it has to. I'm like, it's 3 million people in Chicago, but if you start adding Naperville and Tinley Park and Schaumburg, like all the surrounding cities, I'm like, that is huge. You have to throw in another five. Is it 10 million? I thought at least. I'm like, million. you have to double that. Wow. The, I was prepared the, the to the double million, it. Wow.
1: As, as, as it says, wow. 10 million in the greater, you know, Chicagoland area. But here's the right. thing. Right, wow. On. They they kind of also made me feel a little bit sad that Chicago is in such dire straits financially, education-wise, the increase in poverty, all the problems that any major city can have. But to be a city that obviously is approaching pretty soon to be 200 years old, what I thought was interesting is that there is something that is called the pretty much like a global overview of cities around the world. So they look at cities like power cities, metropolitan areas, and they look at their population, and Chicago falls into being considered one of the largest cities in the world. It's actually ranked, like, 14th. It's being one of the largest cities in the world. And this hmm. is by the Globalization wow. of the World Cities Research Network. So, oh, I'm sorry, originally it was 14th. It's now up to 7th as of 2014. So from a global wow. standpoint, Chicago is now 7th in the world of being a large major city. Being within the U.S., we are the third largest, you know, that from a global standpoint, Chicago grosses more than $600 billion annually. And when I heard that, the reason that really set me back was because, one, that's a whole lot of money to generate, but, two, why are we having the financial woes that we are having as a city when we are grossing over $6 billion annually? can't get our schools together. Right. Poverty is on the rise. We're having major crime issues which goes back to tell you how corrupt this city really is. Because when you have that kind of cash flow, we should not be looking at – we should be at a high growth point, not where we are right now. We are very stagnant. But what is a young city in regards to the world, but to be such a young city, but to be so high in the influence it has globally, that kind of saddens me a bit on Chicago's birthday. I'm sorry,
0: yeah,
1: It's sad. It saddens me a bit. It is. But anyway, happy birthday. Where does the money go? Yeah. Where does all the money go? But happy birthday to one of the most beautiful skylines in the world. Because that's one thing. That's true. No matter what goes on. That is very true. Yes. Yes. It has a skyline that is breathtaking, no matter what's going on. So happy birthday to our beloved city that's struggling, as I guess all cities do. It is what it is. All right. But speaking of Chicago, we're going to kick off with trending with some things in regards to Chicago. So. We can talk about education. Well, first, before we get on a low note, let's start on a high note about Chicago. Okay. Like many major, like 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 many major cities, food trucks have become a cultural and social phenomenon. Oh, I am like a I am I am like a food truck addict. I see one. Oh and my sudden, god, like to me shake. too. I get I get I get, sh- I get shaky. <laughs> I start to sweat, and I'm like, Oh my god, there's a food truck. <laughs> oh, there, I I'm will
2: like, kill a food <laughs> truck. I will kill a food <laughs> truck. Do you understand me? God, is there delicious are two food, food on wheels. Where, I,
1: where <laughs> I live. And actually, it's not one because one decided to become a restaurant. I'm like, why did you go and do that? Part of what made you so appealing to me is that you were a food truck. Well, as of today in Daly Plaza, the food trucks are returning. The weather is starting to break. Spring is right here. So, on Daly Plaza, starting this morning, food, the food truck fest makes its debut for the year. And different food trucks for the fest actually rotate out. It kicks off at 11 a.m. It's going to have, so far starting off the kickoff, it'll be 5411 Empanadas, Auntie V's, Donor Men, Jack Ford in the Rose, um, Mimi's Chicken Humble Pie, Pico Truck, Pork Chop is there, the Cajun Uh. kind of sewer food truck, the Happy Lobster Truck, and Yum Dum Truck. Okay, it's a little bit of something for everybody, literally. Yeah. You're getting what. Latino cuisine, seafood, you're getting Asian cuisine. I mean, it's a little bit of everything. So if you happen to be working in the city as of 11 a.m., you can walk over to Daisy Plaza and just absolutely have the best Friday ever at the food truck.
2: I'm going to make somebody bring me food truck food home. That's what I'm going to do. Let me send that text out right now because I heard that happy lobster <laughs> truck is no punk, and I shall have some by the end of business day today. That's what's that <laughs>
0: right that Well, right now. Show.
1: If you're if you're sending someone to fetch you something from the Happy Locker Trust, the food is it's on Fridays and it's from 11 to 3. So, it has, oh, yeah, it has we'll to make it before it. 3 and it clears out. Oh, we'll and FYI, I'm going to post this to my Facebook page because like I said the trucks we have a complete list of all the trucks that are going to be there and when they're going to be there. So, just know, food trucks are back on Daily Plaza for all you folks who work in the city. I'm a tad bit jealous of you right now. i really,
2: really Okay, am. I'm not. I'm typing right now, and I'm not even kidding. I'm like, food, truck, Daily Plaza. <laughs> I'm typing right
0: now. <laughs> Let me
2: type this sentence real quick. I shall have the happy lobster. I'm not even kidding. Oh, All it's right. funny. An-
1: another thing about Chicago, because it's a little Chicago-oriented, but I think it's lessons should be learned in other cities. Since we're the third largest cities, you happen to be ahead of us, and maybe not. But if you're a city that's smaller, take take heed from what large cities do wrong. So Chicago Public Schools, as it stands, is run by the Board of Education for Chicago, which are appointed individuals by the mayor of Chicago. So right there you can see how it might be special interest and how not to the interest of the population serves the students and their parents. Well, the Illinois House has passed a bill to create an elected city of Chicago, Chicago Public School Board. And, Nikki, I think this is a fantastic idea, I'm serious. I think it's yes. long overdue, and in, in an overwhelming vote of 110 uh-huh. to four, the, the the House said, "Look, how things are working with Chicago public schools is being appointed school by by the mayor, which has been since the beginning of time is not working. Twenty one democratically elected officials which means people have to run, and the people get to vote opposed to the mayor choosing. And the better part about this is it would then be broken into 20 local districts with the 21 board members, which means respectively, in your area, you would now have a point person that would be over your school district, which means concerns, changes. You now know who your go-to person is. There's no stammering about what's going on because this person is responsible. I think this is long overdue, and most municipalities and major cities have elected school boards. So to me, I was like, anybody who wants to fight this, Tell me why, because the way that it's been done has not been working in Chicago Public Schools is in dire straits. It's in the red. Yeah. People are being laid off. Schools are being closed. So I think this is great. Now, the next step to this is that it does have to go to vote in the Senate. People are questioning will it be able to hold up in the Senate. Hopefully it will. Hopefully it will happen that way. And of course, you know Mayor Emanuel, who handpicked the board, you know, would say that he's defending his appointed individuals. Um, he went on record pretty much saying that elected school board would ins- look <laughs> listen to this. would inject more politics into the school system and would impede some of the educational progress. Can someone tell me right now, what has been the educational progress with Chicago Public Schools? It hasn't it been
2: on one. He, simply, he sim- simply what that means, essentially what that means is it's going to impede with my agenda that I have <laughs> to ruin all of the schools in the inner city. Like, this is going to directly affect the agenda that's on the table for that. This could be a complete turnaround for CPS. Why he doesn't want that, that's the question that we need to be asking. Like, why would you fight this? There's nothing but good in uh-huh. there unless you have an agenda that you don't want affected. That's the only reason why you would fight this, because otherwise it doesn't make any sense. This is a great thing and, for CPS.
1: It is a great thing. And, and how it's being actually painted, as it stands, it's not the school board would be dissolved. The school board would still exist because they would manage the budget. But the elected officials would obviously be part of, of who they'd have to answer to and what's going on. So it's not like a school board is going to be obsolete. It's not. And actually every city still has a school board. That doesn't change. So I, I right. think it's a great idea. It's long overdue, and there's nothing else to me. It hopefully can create some transparency, but more importantly, some accountability. People who have these failing school systems in their district can then look at somebody and say, why are our school districts failing? You now have a person who has to answer to you that can work for you opposed to against you. I hope the Senate absolutely sees the benefit of this. Yes, it does inject more politics into the process, but maybe the lack of politics is what's wrong. Maybe that's a right. problem. That, that when you right. don't have people advocating for other individuals that are elected and holding someone accountable, maybe that's what the problem really is when you have someone who becomes a yes man to the mayor. And let's, let's look at this. This this model that we have in place has been there forever, and it's failing. So anybody right. who thinks this is a bad idea, I would want them to tell me why, because I think it's a great idea. I'm all for it. It is. Yes. And on the heels it of it, interesting. Now, note. Lots of Chicago public schools are closing, and we've seen an upsurge of charter schools in Chicago. And many people honestly felt from the Board of Education this was a vested interest. In fact, we came to find out that Forrest Claypool, who is the CEO of the Board of Education for Chicago Public Schools, had some vested interest in quite a few of the charter schools and the funding they received. So once again, here we come back to special interest. Well, with... A lot of new things being on the table, and with Governor Bruce Rahner looking to really get his hands into Chicago Public school, he pretty much took charter schools to shame and said, first of all, we got to stop looking at charter schools as being the answer to a failing school system. FYI, I may not like Bruce Rahner per se, but that's a statement that I think is true. You creating another right. entity to funnel people into doesn't solve the problem of public education is free, and it should be correct, and neighborhood schools shouldn't have to be obsolete. They shouldn't have to be. not credit. When we, talk, when we talk about things like gang violence that can deter, I get that. But we can deal with that, too. We can absolutely deal with that. But he did say charter schools are not the answer to a failing school system. And first of all, he's like, and we're going to deal with that. So the Illinois State Charter School Commission, which has a lot of charter schools in the city, are under fire and people are looking at dismantling the charter schools as an option, and they want to reinvest those dollars in Chicago public schools. Why eye, Claypool, CEO of CPS, is not happy he feels like it's a step back. But those are dollars, because, you know, charter schools are not mandated and under the same rules as Chicago public schools. So there right. is a, a, a loose association between the two, being able to track data and students, but yes, they are so. They are also available for public funding. Interesting, isn't it? So yeah. you're not held to my rules, but you are available to But for you the get the money, right? Doesn't make doesn't make a lot of sense, does it at all? So charter schools are now being put under the microscope of one not being a viable option, and they're starting to question. Okay, what have you done better than Chicago public schools have done? They're looking at academic performance, and they're saying charter schools, many of them, are not meeting the expectations.
0: Mm. because
2: you you you're just taking the same kids from a different school and putting them in a different school that's all you're doing you're taking the same kids with this and they started with a bare-bones education first. They weren't getting the best of educations in some of those CPS schools, let's just be honest. And so when you take them and you put them under the umbrella of a charter school, they're not going to do well there. Like, how do you expect anything to change? You have to change your whole curriculum, and you got to kind of catch these kids up. So they're probably not performing at a high level because – Look what you're working with. You're just taking one group of kids and sticking them in another place in a different school. It doesn't make sense. So they might as well just restructure the CPS system. This seems like a kid like that's divorced and they go back and forth between their mom's house all the time. Like, you can't get this right. So now we've got to restructure the CPS and take down the charter schools. I wish they would pick a plan and stick with it because ultimately it's these kids' future and their education that's at stake. And your plan, figure it out, and then – you know, start from there. Stop doing the volleyball say, back and forth, back and
0: forth.
1: I will say these these two developments are really that they're they're cohesive in talking about elected school boards and then addressing charter schools. And one thing I'd like to see, if this elected school board does pass, I do want it to be a board of educators. I don't want it to be a yeah. politician. I, I do want it to be someone who understands education and structure. Yes. I, I don't. I don't want yes. it to be somebody who's a career, a career politician looking for another payday. No, I don't want that. I want it to be somebody who really will have the vested interest of changing the direction of Chicago public schools. Yes. because it's gone and it's gone such in a, a bad direction. I know plenty of people. Who graduated from Chicago public schools and went on to have lucrative careers and done other things. So it's not like the education system at one point of time was not viable. It is, but I do believe. And somebody waved a red flag. I knew who was from New Orleans and said, "Be mindful of charter schools because charter schools have taken over the city of New Orleans and almost has pushed the public school education system out of the way. So now it's become more specialized, more a special interest." but the not the right. children at the interest of somebody who has an idea for a charter school. Exactly. And that's been warned yeah. against several times. To me, charter schools should be like private schools. If you want to go, go pay for it. Yeah,
2: pay for I it. Mean, public yeah.
1: education should be equal and it should be under the same umbrella so that it can be audited, reviewed, and held accountable all the same way. Not like you can get dollars but you're not held accountable the same way. Absolutely not, folks. I'm not with that. we got to go back to square one and fix this yes. immediately. All right. That's some of what is trending out there Chicago, happy birthday We have some opening Chicago topics We're going to mash up some more headlines and hot topics We to come back Apparently, Nikki, I'm not the only person Who's been eyeballing Canada in the exit plan With the success of Trump We'll talk about that after this <laughs> Will the man
0: We're gonna start it all. We're gonna start it all. We're gonna start it all. And then he said, We're gonna start it all. We're gonna start it all. We're gonna start it all. all. Listen mm-hmm.
1: Day, we're going to help you make sure your Friday gets off the right foot. If you have the weekend, you're tuned in to Maya Kai Unplugged featuring comedian Nikki Braden. Join the conversation. Don't be shy. Three one zero eight zero seven five two one one. The chat room's open and you know how to get social with the show. All right, some other headlines, Nikki, out there that I would say we can match up. Okay, I know I wouldn't be the only person that absolutely just is mortified by the idea of the success that Donald Trump has had. But it's official that it's been documented and tracking. After Donald Trump had this amazing success on Super Tuesday, people are – reality is setting in for people. Like I said, it was wake your ass up Wednesday. It was like, whoa, hold up, okay. I'm so out of here. Clown, I thought this clown car was um, off the road and had a flat and was done. No. People are <laughs> no. like um, – apparently people are a little bit more off-center than I believe. And it's now being reported that the Google search traffic for terms such as how can I move to Canada – has suddenly skyrocketed. So mind you, I haven't even Googled yet. I was first heading to a dating site that's all for Canada, and I was going to find me a boyfriend. That was my first thought, like, hey, baby, I think I should move there so we can get to know each other. That was my game plan. That was my whole thing right like there. I hadn't even Googled that. I hadn't even gotten to that. But they're saying uh, on March 2nd, literally, Google spike, listen to this, more than 350% four hours after Super Tuesday had closed out. People are like, oh my god! Now listen, to <laughs> I'm gonna say this. I'm, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be really inappropriate when I say this. White people, why are you? You gonna be all right. It's me I'm worried about. You. <laughs> it's me I'm. You gonna be all right. You You're gonna be all right. It's me that's not gonna be all right. I'm out this piece.
0: Oh,
1: it is hilarious.
2: Oh my hilarious. God. My um my brother in law is from Toronto actually, so I think we straight like we go like his whole family like they're actually from okay, Toronto. Okay. <laughs> like, like okay. yeah. Lewis is, is from to Toronto. Toronto. Okay, look,
1: yeah. here's what I need. this is what I need you to do. Lewis is need from to Toronto.
0: To brother
1: in law, and I like, I have a friend that I really would like for her to be a nice Canadian guy. Gift send him a kitchen. Make sure his wife knows, and tell him to find you him. know Man, who Louis, You know who
2: Lewis is. You know, Kilo's <laughs> Lewis. Lewis is from Toronto. You know who Louis is. Oh, he is from Lewis, Toronto. Right. No, yes.
1: oh, that's right. Louis is from Canada. Yeah. Louis, I'm Lewis. Yes. Lewis, I'm, calling <laughs> I'm calling you. I'm calling you. i get out of here. I'm not saying. Goodness knows that people realize. People realize. Oh, people panic like, how's moving. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But see, now this kind of worries me because this means that the Canadian government is about to be preempted. Oh, right yeah. Now. Yeah. See. We've been keeping you Americans out for a long time because we realize no matter what kind of American you are, they don't care. They think we're riff you rap. You gonna bring some they ruckus? Do.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They, they don't care, black ruckus.
1: white. They don't care. They think we are riff rats. Now yes. I have to work really hard to make them feel like I would really be a fantastic addition to the Canadian country. I got to prove something. Like, hey, I can speak French. If you want to throw me in Montreal or <laughs> Quebec, I'll go. Just let me out of here. If this man's elected, I am out. I am so out here. But I'm glad, it's good to know. And that's crazy. Four hours after the close, 300. That means in the middle of the night, they... people panicked before they went to bed like, oh my God, I got to get out.
2: Where are we going? Where can we go to? Yeah. Right
1: out of here. Interesting, but here's they say, Oh, here comes another really racist and appropriate thing for me to say. Nobody googled like anything about Mexico. Now, you know what? I was just getting ready to
2: say, while everybody's going to Canada, I got family in Mexico. I'm going the other way, and I'm like, and they gonna let me in? I'm like, I got family in Mexico. Y'all go that way. See, I'm going to Mexico. That's where I'm going. Why I
1: didn't say I was just getting ready to say that. Mexico, and it's not that. Now, I mean, the warm weather would be so conducive to me, but oh, yeah. their kind of violence and crime kind of worries me because people come up missing when there. Yeah, and you got to go that, to the right I place. Like, I mean,
2: you can't go to Zacatecas or okay. Morelio. Don't go there. You can't you don't know, don't go to Mitchell Conn. Con. Like Cancun <laughs> and on the Maya Peninsula.
1: So, Nikki, come on. People are on vacation all so They get stolen. And my problem is that apparently I would be a flag like, you don't belong here. One of these things does <laughs> not belong here. It's that flag girl right over there. See, that's what I'm saying. No. I was like, I need to go someplace where I can kind of just mix it in and people may not notice. Cause I've had occasion someone say, are you Canadian? I'm like, no. I should have be been like, yes. I wish my mother was lied. <laughs> my birth certificate is wrong. My father is Canadian. I'm serious. <laughs> right. Oh my gosh, so this
2: is. I'm going to Mexico. People
1: with a bed on Tuesday, they nice. they were like, oh my. People probably had nightmares, but I think it's funny. That just tells you. But here's the thing: if it's that serious to people, Nikki, then why does he keep it? <laughs> <laughs> because I guess I all know.
2: the people, all the other people, are not trying to move. So I mean that still, like, there's a lot of people that are trying to get out of here that's not going to vote. But there are clearly a lot that are like, I'm good with this. It's the most insane thing ever. He cannot be our president. He just
1: cannot. (laughs) Look, he's not going to be my president. I'm serious. I'm watching this closely. And the thing is, if you ask me if I'm Democratic, I'll tell you, I really feel political parties are obsolete. And I'm going to tell you what bothers me. I've had some conversations with individuals, no, a specific individual that I think is a very intelligent person who is very one, he's a Republican. Um, two, he's wealthy. But three, he really supports Donald Trump. And it bothers me. I was like and I and I come question to questions him and he said I said, doesn't that doesn't that bother you when he says, Let's make America great again? Because America's never been great for people who never according. been great. So I need to know right. I need to know what that what that means. And he, of course he did his he's an excellent orator. So he started talking and totally deviated away from my question, which FYI I noticed. I just didn't call him out on it. But you know he sold all these reasons for why black people should vote for Trump, and and I'll be honest and say this: Trump is finally rolling out policy, which he's really eluded for a, a lot of this whole kind of horse and pony show we've been watching with the GOP. But my thing is, even if that policy can work, and some of it actually is very feasible, I said the problem is his rhetoric about racism and hate. You don't say things like we put up a law and all all Mexican people are, yeah. or Hispanic people are criminals. That's that's the wrong wedding critics. Because this is a country built on the backs of some immigrants, and you wouldn't say that about Italian immigrants. You didn't say that about you know Irish immigrants. Now that they're here right. and they're part of the American fabric, so now that it's brown people that are the immigrants, why do they have to be demonized? I, I have a problem with that. Now, granted, I, I do think everybody needs to enter the country the right way. I I do believe that, but I'm like to say that I thought was wrong. I'm like, and if he feels that way about Mexican people, how do you think he feels about black people? Oh I don't care kid what me? kind of yeah, what kind of policy rolls out. He'll be like so many politicians, you get into your elected position and you don't fulfill any of the promises that you told people. And that's and that's a problem I have. He can have the greatest right. policy and it can make sense. But I know he is he is you have to watch him. I told you he's like Hitler. I I mean that. He is like yeah. Hitler. His are the this entire group of people that his thoughts were right. That's why it happened, because they were like, yeah, yeah, yeah no, no, no. Only racist people and people who hate themselves are cooning. 50 Cent is like taking a picture saying uh, me and my my future president. Okay, once again, 50 Cent is wealthy. So you know what? Donald Trump is going to keep people like that in his pocket. He's going to keep people like that. Mm-hmm. People like me and everybody else, he's not thinking about me. I'm not stupid. No. I'm not stupid. I don't know. No. Uh Oh, my gosh. Anyway, so. He's going to
2: screw this country royally. He can't win. I mean, we at first, he's just rolling out policy because he probably never thought that he needed any. Because who really would have thought that we would get <laughs> to the point of him actually talking about actual policy? <laughs> he was like, I don't need right. that. This, you know what I mean? It's like, uh-oh, right. pop, no, it's I better like, start well, thinking we, about this seriously now. Right. Yeah. Like, uh-oh.
1: Right. Yeah. He didn't think he needed me, like, any. my thought on not just right. immigration. But what is my thought on, you know, the economy and all these other things? I mean, health care. i got to come up with some ideas. And understand, you yeah. can come up with some ideas. But the question are are they feasible? And just like President Obama is in a gridlock because the Congress is not democratic enough for him to really pass things on, my question is, if he manages to get the Republican nomination, and the crazy thing is, it's sounding he like will. he's going to get the Republican, which yes. is, all of a sudden, then it turns into the strangest thing I've ever seen. This might be something in my lifetime that I'll be like, I might write about a book about this. Like, I, what I thought I'd never see, things, and this is on it. But it'll be interesting because, obviously, if he's elected which I hope I'm just really stretching this out. Will he have the same issue and have a Congress that will work against him? Or somehow is he going to be able to get the Republican Party on board with his ideas, which, FYI, are very Democratic in concept. Very Democratic in concept. And I think that's partially why some Republicans don't like it. So my thing is, if he gets elected, does he get into the same boat as President Obama with a Congress that will not support him, which means, guess what? No. get another four no. years of nothing getting done. So that's like, what no. is the point? If your party doesn't yeah. support you, then what is the point of exhausting another four years of no progress happening? I don't even make, think that make, Donald make,
2: Trump is going to implement half of the stuff that he's going to say. I think that it's going to be one of those, trick you, and he get in, and then it's like and it do the total opposite to get in. I don't think half of these Democratic ideas that he has that are Democratic in theory that he's going to get in and, like, follow through with. He's going to make sure that the Senate and everybody is behind him and that his party is behind him, and it's going to turn into one of those 360s. So people be careful of what he says because I don't trust him. Be careful because he doesn't have a policy. He's just coming up with stuff now, you know, and now he's trying to sway the black vote. Now he's trying to become, talk about his family, and now he's starting to implement all these other things. He's not as rogue now. You understand what I mean? Strange behavior. Yeah, yeah. See what I mean? That's to get in because he's on his way in. He's going to get in, and he's going to do, I don't trust him. Be careful. Don't,
1: don't, don't. Be careful. No. Don't trust it. But, no, really, it's about he hasn't been consistent consistent with giving you policy and now that he's no. rolling out the bits of it, it's like and granted, people said the person I was talking to the reason he never really got into policy because he didn't want to take people to take his ideas and then try to either one, over evaluate them, deconstruct them, or two, try to adopt them somehow into their policy. Maybe, maybe not. Either way, he just doesn't feel like a person that is that I can put trust in. Politicians already
2: no right.
0: And
1: and truthfully speaking, Donald Trump is not even a politician. He's a businessman. And if there's right. any indication Correct. of what we're getting from Bruce Rauner here in Illinois, who is not a politician, but a businessman, and boy, have he put the brakes yeah. on the president so hard. We got skid marks from Springfield all the way to Chicago. <laughs> yes. Very yes. Amazing. Like, we are a deadlock where you got schools that are looking to close down. We've got public – Illinois is in a bad place considering, you know, the biggest, one of the third largest cities, you know, obviously in the United States and seventh in the world with $6 billion grossing dollars. Can't seem to figure things out. But people thought putting a businessman in place would change a lot of the woes that we have, maybe. But because of the gridlock, we're not seeing any progress, and that's the problem. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I just – ooh, wow. But, uh Good to see other people are a bit concerned because we didn't think he'd last this long. I'll be honest. I didn't think he'd last this long. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. I thought people were I far didn't. more rational than, than this. And yeah. apparently. And our poor friend got it. She's going to have
2: to get rid of her dog now. My friend's going to have to get rid of her dog now. Bye-bye, doggie. <laughs> that dog has to go. Because you know, got, or, yes. you know what? I might,
1: get, I, 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 I might give him a temporary home in the interim just because, you know, he shouldn't be cast to the side. But anyway. <laughs> but but it, it, it's really interesting. And I'll tell you, the, the, one, the one thing that I realized why Trump is able, and I'm watching this repeatedly, he's able to get people to support him that truly would not be his base. It's because, And this is why I think racism looks so crazy to us. He appeals to all people, even though those people have different perspectives of what they feel. They right. have different perspectives of what they feel. But yet somehow he's getting people that are racist to buy in, people who are people of color to buy in. That's, that's a strange base to put together, people who are truly oppositionally opposite of each other, but yet they're supporting this man. Which means he is saying things that people have been feeling and wanted to say for a long time that not another politician would ever say, and people assume it's that kind of honesty or transparency that makes him worthy. No, it's mm-hmm. not.
2: That's at not all. it. Yeah. No. That
1: belongs. That belongs on The Apprentice, and that's it. That's where that. belongs. That's what that it is.
2: That's what it in is. the
1: highest office in, in the nation, that's not where that belongs. That, that doesn't work. But it is what it is. Speaking of people having opinions of things. So it's announced. This is so interesting that Cancy, who decided to bring back Colonel Sanders was an awful. What's his name? Norm McDonald is that his name? Yeah, uh, another guy's name. Is it okay. was it Norm he's McDonald? Awful, I don't know. Somebody McDonald. Anyway, if he's so awful. I think I blocked his name up. The commercials are awful. I mean, cause, what I was used to seeing actually was the original Colonel Sanders, which was this old gray-haired man who wasn't trying right. to be comedic. He was just selling his chicken, and people bought it. That's why we talked about that. That Nashville <laughs> chicken. Yeah, it's the bomb. Yeah, okay, it's the bomb. <laughs> and interesting enough, I'm not a KFC person, but I'm to wear my because it, it kind of looks good. And I was like, okay, this
0: mm-hmm. this is
1: the bomb. Okay, so the Nashville yeah. chicken is good, but. the the new kind of revival of the colonel wasn't working, and so KFC has decided to go another way, and people are absolutely mortified. They've announced that David Allen Greer will be the next first black Colonel. David! Everybody below the Mason-Dixon line in the grave has just rolled over, I guarantee you.
2: David!
1: When I I like, I
2: feel a way about this. I I know times are hard. David, (laughs) I... I feel a way about this. I'm like, you going to make a black man a chicken spokesperson? I already got a problem with the Popeyes lady, and now you're going to bring David Grier in for KFC. Hey, baby. I've, what? I've, oh, my God. I don't know. I feel a way about this. Maybe I'm in my feelings, and I was like, maybe I shouldn't talk about it yet because I don't know if it's I might be, I don't know. I might be looking at it too much, but I have a, I feel a, I feel a way about this. I just, I I, just,
1: I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's it's okay. This is one of those times I'm gonna say this, and I know people don't care. I feel that when when a person has a context like gender and race, and they're real people, and to my knowledge, Colonel Sanders is a real. He was a real person. He wasn't made up. He wasn't fictitious. So I don't think arbitrarily you should change gender or race with people. I just don't because that's who they are. Like that new. A movie coming out with Michael Jackson, and he's going to be a white a white person is playing him. Like Michael Jackson is a black man. You don't you can't change that. That's part of who he is. So to me, Colonel Sanders is a white man. Now unless I'm wrong, I, I mean I, I was a kid, so I thought that Colonel Sanders was honestly a real guy. I did. So if he's not I mean, real, then I guess you can you can do this. But to me, to change the race of him, it's it, it's not it's not right because he's not a black man. He's not.
2: Well, is, I, I don't know. Is, is, they, is he going to be the colonel? Like, is he going to put on the white yeah. suit with the tie and the beard? Yeah, 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 or is he just the yeah. new spokesperson he's for, he's like, he the colonel? He
1: is, he, no, he is the new Colonel Sanders. He's not a spokesperson like the lady from Popeye's. He is going to be the new Colonel Sanders. And I'm like, this I can't. is a no-no. I, I won't. But I'll still keep you the next okay, I mean, Anyway. <laughs> 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 this is this, this addictive good. This is good. But I'm just like, It is one of those things about, the, 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 when you talk about race, Colonel Sanders is a white dude, people, I'm sorry, and he needs to stay that way. Just like you don't make Martin Luther King a white person, you know, you don't make Nelson Mandela a white person, you don't make Tony Bennett or Frank Sinatra a black person, you stay in your lane with certain things because it's part of who they are. And I just think this is ignorance.
2: This is ignorance. I do so like I don't like it either. I feel a way. I feel. I uh, feel a lot of ways about this. I'm like, come on, David Allen Grier. Oh man! All right, I, mean, I know you KFC need work. Dude. I
1: know you. I know you need work. You need, um, that's what
2: I'm. But, that's why I'm torn. I'm like, you need work, but I'm like, and I know it would. Nobody was ringing your phone. Just
1: be like a folk person. Just be like a finger good. Yeah. Don't, <laughs> don't, do this.
0: <laughs> but don't turn into the. Uh, curse. So, oh,
1: people <laughs> are gonna hate this. I'm. Look at it this way: if people freak when Cheerios. Put a biracial family in the commercial. Remember, the mother was white, and the dad was black, and little girl. Yeah. And she started in the kitchen with mom, and she ran to the couch. And yeah. Okay, people flipped out. I'm like, why? It's real. This is a real. This is reality, folks. People flipped out. And right. No How dare you? Can't people my boycott at KFC?
2: I'm serious. I don't I don't know if they're going to – I don't know. I don't know. It's Like, no, we're not going back. No, they're going to eat that chicken. They keep the Nashville chicken. You're going to play like you boycotting, but you're going to go. <laughs> like, they're going to go. Oh, they're I'm going. going
1: I'm going. I'm going for the Nashville chicken. I'm not changing that. I just don't like it. I don't really boycott. I don't like it, don't it either. Whatever. That's, that's, that's going to be their bottom line that's going to be impacted, not mine. But I just really – I don't like it. I don't think it's a good idea. It's just because Colonel Sanders is a white person, and he needs to be white. I'm sorry. That's why I'm not big on changing. When people are not real, then you can, you can be flexible. Like Annie, you can do that. Nemo. Was the right. I don't know. Whatever. Right. You can be flexible. But when people historically are real, you don't get to change gender and race. You must leave that alone. I don't care what anybody <laughs> says.
2: I get you're looking okay. at it from now, I'm just looking at the black and the chicken. I'm like it's just something even if I'm a celebrity, I'm like, you gotta watch the chicken. I remember we were at Second city, and it was two black people in our class. I'm gonna tell you this really quick, and they had just rolled out the grilled chicken and remember it was selling out and like people had coupons that they couldn't cash in that Oprah gave and this this big thing, and everybody was talking about the chicken and how good it was, and we were just like. And after class, we looked, and they were like, it was no way I was going to say something about the chicken. And I was looking at you, and I was like, you better not say anything about a chicken in front the, of all these white people. The two black people better not be in here talking about how good chicken is. And we just could not stop laughing because it's just something about like, us and chicken like, that you can't – we're like, no, don't. But
1: I'm with you no. on this. I, I think it's – I'm kind of annoyed before we take this break. I get annoyed that somehow chicken is synonymous with black people. Yes, and Here's yes. the problem. Everybody eats chicken. Love so chicken. in God's name? It's synonymous. Chicken and watermelon. Why the hell yes. is that synonymous with black people all the time? Well, we all see more people in KFC and Brown's Chicken and places like that than you see black people. So how do we get stuck with the chicken stereotype? Are you kidding me? And, it's
0: so, and it is, is like, it's so negative.
1: And the thing about it is
2: it's so negative. It's not even like, okay, they just why, like chicken. It's so negative.
1: Here's why it's stupid, here's why it's stupid. Because... Chicken is delicious. So why are those It's delicious. Like it's not delicious. You it is. That. Colonel Sanders, he was the first real representative for chicken. But yet somehow, it's black people are synonymous yes. with chicken. Yes, what bothers me. You're doing in to the i guys. <laughs> so I'm, I'm featuring comedian. Mr. <laughs> hey, it's like a the new coming out. It's awesome
0: too. Yeah. Hmm.
1: Good Goodbye, everybody. We'll be right back.
0: Everybody speeding in the fast lane. Surely not. Revving through the gears, trying to keep ourselves from stressing night Ah, take a look in your heart and your soul. suffer for so little all along. Uh, You can give him your heart and your soul Give him every house that you But When you're caught up in the riddle And your pride was a nickel
1: Remember, we're always on with you every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from noon to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time. If you ever miss any of the shows, never fear. You can always grab the podcast here on Blog Talk or go to the iTunes Store podcast section and search Maya Akai Presents. Of course, my website, mayaakai.com, has everything related to the show. She can find stuff there as well. So don't panic if you miss a show. There's always a podcast for it. All right, so the awful truth. Okay. This first one, and I'm kind of rolling it over from the other segment, but it's still, it fits the segment But Haters are going to hate. I'm serious. So Ashley Graham, as we know, was the first real plus model for Sports Illustrated. She was all on one of the three covers that they do. And honestly, she was truly full figure because she was a size 16. And we talked about it when the cover came out. I said, I want to know how those cover sales go because I was like, wow. Like, wow. Because 12 <clears> was the first little attempt they made. People were like, oh, excuse you. Twelve is not right. plus. You can't even find that in a plus size store. So then Sports Illustrated decided to be real about it and found Ashley Graham, who was actually a very beautiful girl. She, I'm sorry, she's a grown woman. because She's actually yeah. up, twenty-eight. She looks young though, but she's twenty-eight. So interesting enough, she's been getting a lot of you know publicity. Um, she's part of H and M, their Autumn Winter thing they did for 2016. Believe it or not, she was part of Paris Fashion Week. So really. She's taking the awareness of how just because somebody happens to be plus size, it doesn't mean, okay, I'm about to be politically incorrect, that people are sloppy and fat. That's what she's promoting to people. Like, look. Right. Full figures that are attractive, have nice bodies. Why are we always being shamed? Well, you would think that people within her respective industry would support that. So why does Cheryl T, who used to be once upon a time a supermodel, who is now 68, goes on Twitter which I didn't even realize she was there. I didn't know she could still type <laughs> it. And tweets out that Ashley Graham was glorifying, glamorizing full figured women. Yes, she is Cheryl T. What is she? Yeah. About? And then, of course, she went back and issued a an apology. Ap- so, no one cared about Cheryl T. They don't. Just go kick the bucket. Whatever. But to say something like that, I'm like. That's not nice. Well, and, I'm not defending.
2: I'm but. not defending. I'm not defending her, but she's 70. It's like old oh, racist. You can't change it. You know, models were thin, and they were real thin, and they were skinny. And so she's probably like old you know, racist that you're not going to change their mind. Like, what are you talking about? This is a new day and age. She's Cheryl Teague. She's 70, and they were paper thin back in her day, and that's what you had to be. And anything aside, I think. Three or four was fat when she was a model, like to be honest with you. So she's like, What's this right. 12, 14 nonsense? Like, what is this beach whale nonsense you guys are doing now? I don't get it. So, see, right. like, that's where she's coming from. And that's probably what she's coming from. Like, what is happening with the model world now? But
1: even this. But even so, and even still, models are still very fit. I mean, yeah. when you find somebody that's voluminous, people let you know that. And it's funny because that person might be like a size five or four. And you're like, not What's wrong with you? That's a normal-sized person walking around. That's
0: right, like, First of right. all, most people
1: don't realize that most models that you actually see on the runway in a lot of ads are adolescents. They're not even adult women. Yeah. They're, like, 18 and right. under. Because yeah. I think it's shameful. I'm like, why are you trying to sell something to me as a grown woman with somebody who's 18 or you know, 15 or 14 years old? That's on a woman's Correct. body. So they deliberately look at younger, you know, kind of adolescent girls that are almost mm-hmm. on the edge of being prepubescent because they're looking for this underdeveloped body in the first place. So that's the first thing that's wrong with the modeling industry. They don't even really sell respectively The people that can buy their stuff. The people showing it to you are not like you. So I just think it's interesting that Teague hasn't went up to say, as an industry, I think it's great that we're embracing all kinds of people respectfully. It's sad that, I mean, I know she's almost 70, but you would think that she could see the change that's happening and think what a great opportunity for women, period. So to be so negative about it. And then, of course, she apologized. You should have thought about that before you said it. But what I like about Ashley Graham is she was like, or whatever, another one of those ladies. Good for her. Because right now her style is rising. But she was like, let me get this make sure this stays tight. Forget what you're talking about. Because when you get incorporated into Fashion Week, and let me tell you something, Fashion Week is probably the snobbiest arena. Yeah. Not wanting to address people that don't fit the mold of what a model is supposed to be. So if she's breaking those barriers, that's a big deal. That's a huge deal. So she's like, haters don't hate. That's it. I'm not worried about it. I'm getting paid. I mean, yeah.
2: Yeah. The model world is changing. You got Will Smith's son modeling women's clothes. I mean, any at this point, anything goes. I would Nothing could shock me at this point. I mean, they're just turning into – and I'm wondering, is, is it – which makes me wonder, is it like – is this this fad? Is it just something that people are doing? Do they really care about plus-size women and gender and everything? Or is this just something to do to shock the model world, and this is just a fad now to accept a lot of – Things that would never accept it before. So it, it just makes me wonder the sincerity of it all, because everybody's got well, some weird something walking down the, I, I shouldn't say weird, but different
1: walking down the runway <laughs> now. <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting, I know, careful your bigotry is showing, because mine pops out every now and then, too. And look, I admit I've got some, some things that I look at like sideways, like, yeah, I'm not with that. But it is what it is. But Paris Fashion Week, who's embracing, Graham, is H&M. And H&M has, H&M has been known to kind of be groundbreaking that way. Sure. So, struck me, it isn't like, you know, Halstead or, you know, Versace. It's not those kind of houses that are embracing women that are a larger size. It's an H&M. Right. So, hence, right. You know, it isn't like the fashion industry is truly embracing it. And mind you, she was in a swimsuit, which I still said, I was like, that's amazing that she's a size 16. I'm like, how tall is she? I was like, because that's yeah. not yeah. what a 16 looks like. So, she's got to be no less than 5'7", or 5'8", because mm-hmm. that's spread out. And she's very evenly distributed. And that girl doesn't have a role anywhere. Now, I've seen yeah. five, you know, people, 14 people have roles. So I was like, that's, that's uh, interesting. To, that so
2: that's 10. Hello, 10. i like, <laughs> she, I'm saying this.
1: Genetically, I'm seriously, genetically, she is very, I mean, she's got some good DNA. I don't know who's in her family, but good stuff for Ash Strap. So I think good for her, one. And actually, I saw her on a red carpet for the Den. I can't even in clothes she looks stunning. I was like, she's just a very well put together woman. Good for her. Mm. Cheryl T, go sit down. Go sit down. Go sit down. Put some Ben Gay on. You know, go get your walker and go sit down and be quiet. And just stop trying to be relevant because nobody cares go with what you think. But I just like that Graham didn't even didn't even give it that much. She didn't even accept apology. She was like, whatever. I don't care. And it's not glamorizing. It's I'm just doing my job. And that's that. And if right. people who happen to be full figured are proud, well, so what? Now don't, hey, folks, don't don't lose perspective on this. Ashley Graham, to me, is the exception to the rule. There are some things that people don't need to put on when they're full-figured. Don't get this twisted. I'm not going to be mean, but I am just being mean. Don't get this twist that all of a sudden you should run out and start wearing things that are not flattering to your body. Wear things that are flattering to your body, not somebody else's. I hate when people do that. Like, whoa, whoa. That's too, that's too much for me yeah. to But it is what it is. All right. So... Another story that's trending. Donald Trump. He's been he, officially we talked about Donald Trump every day this week. Now we're talking about him twice. But we kind of touched on this a bit earlier when we talked about his his mass appeal to different demographics of people. During Super Tuesday it was reported that there was a black girl at his rally in Louisville and she was mm-hmm. actually attacked by people that were supporters also at the Trump rally. Yes. Now, interesting enough, this doesn't quite, you know, come out or people aren't talking about it. You're not always speaking of it. But she said that people physically were, like, shoving her. I saw it. Um, you didn't see it? I saw it. Yeah. I know. It's on the video. Yeah, no, Did I you see it? Yeah. Know, right. It's, ca- it's captured on video. And so I'm going to say this again. How is it that you can be a, this much of a polarizing figure, people could see this, people of color, how is it that – I know the argument would be where you don't think that there are people that are racist that support, you know, Hillary Clinton or Bernie Sanders or so on and so forth. Probably. But the difference is they're not going to behave like that.
2: Right. Right. It's – And I'm
1: beha- confused.
2: I'm confused – I'm confused uh- – My question was, and I guess you can go anywhere you want to, but see, I stay away from things like that. I don't like going places that I know I'm not going to be welcome and it's going to cause that kind of thing. I'm like, what were you doing there in the first place? Like, that was my whole question. Like, what were you doing at the Trump rally in the first place? For what? I mean,
0: I just—I'm I'm just trying to well, figure that, out, like, what were
2: we? What for what? For what? What were you there for? I mean, if you were there to antagonize these people because you're not a Trump supporter, if you're a Trump supporter, okay, I get it, but it doesn't seem like like I've seen a couple of black people that are Trump supporters and they didn't get pushed around. So were you there to antagonize, or what are you doing that for? See, stay away from that kind of nonsense. I—I I don't
1: that, know. They said that she was, you know, showed, called the N word well, and then got kicked out. But the my right question yeah. is, yeah. Were you, were you there, like you said, were you antagonizing? Were you like, you suck, get off, you, you're bad, or were you a supporter? Because it just seems so odd that if you were a supporter, not to say people have not been known to do things that are inappropriate, but it doesn't make any sense to me.
2: She wasn't a Trump supporter. So she was, you know, you were going there to be antagonist, and I'm not saying she was yelling anything. and She was probably just there, but... I don't know why. I'm just trying to figure out why you don't go look for trouble. You understand what I mean? Not saying what and they did is right. I'm not saying that. But don't. Right. Why would you even go there? You know, you and, know?
1: That's, and here's the thing. here's the awful truth of this. So it's it's now being saying, you know, first the video came out of what you thought was she was just like a Trump supporter who was being mistreated. Now the only found no. out potentially she was part of the Black Lives Matter activist Hmm. And you know, I guess I guess Trump supporters. You know, Trump said, you out." He says, you're not going to come yeah. here and disrupt my rap yeah. because you want to. So he's always saying yeah. I will not let you use this as a platform to act out and try to embarrass me. So, But now he's got – his his supporters are his aligned. His people, yeah. So this, this article that I picked up was um, an individual who's part of the traditionalist workers' party. His name is Matthew Himbach, And it's interesting. He took Twitter, as everybody does, and he said, it's funny how BLM, Black Lives Matter, comes to a Trump event to fight. Starts a fight and loses the fight but plays big victims to the media. And it's hashtag loser lives. And this this is another one of those things I'm going to say. This is not where your focus needs to be if your black lives matter. You really have bigger fish to fly. Thank you. remember what your focus of your movement was, it wasn't about Trump. Initially you were focusing on police brutality and a police culture around this country that's going to rise. So I would even ask the person, why would you walk? Into this situation that you know will be volatile, they're waiting to yes. show up, assuming that you're going to get any real type of positive press from this. Now, mind you, the guy Matthew Hemlock, um leaves something to be desired because he is an activist at Tulsa University, and there's a picture of him with three other white guys say white student union were back. This gets back to how polarizing this has gotten with Trump,
0: how yes. racism,
1: not that it ever went anywhere, but it has resurfaced in a way that I find sickening. I, it's never going to go anywhere because it's part of the American fabric, but the fact that we have an entirely new young generation that now has been indoctrinated into this is sad, which means our progress has now been set back, what, 50 years? Yeah. More than that?
2: Absolutely it has. Absolutely and it just, has. And it,
1: breaks, and it breaks my heart as a country that the very thing that makes us so amazing is the very thing that tears mm-hmm. us apart. But I also right. don't like the fact that, like I said, this video was being sold and I went to a Trump rally and all of a sudden I was instantly victimized. That's why people, this is why Black Lives Matter comes under scrutiny. This is exactly why. That's the awful truth. Stick to what your agenda is, and all these people you've got who you cannot keep within the right scope of your, you know, what your agenda is, you need to get rid of it. They need to find out a way to literally make sure you're licensed and sanctioned before you start saying Black Lives Matter, because it's stuff like this, Nikki, that totally discredits them and makes no one want to listen to what they have to say.
2: And there was no reason for it. I mean, the Trump rally is not, so you're going to go there and yell out what and start all the, for what? Like, it, it's counterproductive. I'm like, you're not accomplishing anything. You're really, really not. And it's like going to a Klan rally and then somebody's setting you on fire and you're like, hell, fire. Like, what would you go to? That's right. what they do. Why would you go what? there? You That's what they Stay do. In your it's lane. so dumb. Stay
1: in your lane. They- Why are you going someplace if you're not like-minded? If you're not there to support Trump, um, right. unless you're about to be in a group of other people um, that also feel that way, why would you risk that? And to me, this was I kind don't of you know throw fuel on the fire, like oh here's this woman right. and then we're pushing around. And though they should have known better, I do believe that. Right. I'm not. I'm not going to give the Trump support of the past, and Trump should say, look, that's no right now. That was People wrong. are questioning his 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 kind of stance on the KKK. And though he's trying to disavow them, to me, when you allow this kind of behavior to happen at your rally, you may disavow Correct. them in front of us, but behind closed doors, everyone still feels that you support that behavior. Because my thing is this, as those supporters, what he needs to say is, look, I don't have a problem with you asking somebody to leave who doesn't believe in what we believe, but I need you to be respectful because you become a reflection of me. And if you're trying to buy what I'm saying, I don't want that kind of behavior. That's not what right. I'm trying to facilitate. Now, I you mean. may have racist behind closed doors, but he needs to reel it in as well and say, that's mm-hmm. not acceptable. He did say, you will be escorted out if you come to my rally being willy-nilly. And he is not true to that. But if supporters, why do I have to be the N-word? I'm just confused about that. Why can't it be, if you don't support Trump, get out of here?
0: Well,
2: Fair you case. know, the, the truth is going to come rise to this. Yeah, I, if I go to a Trump rally, if I don't hit an N-word, I will be shocked and appalled. I would be shocked and appalled if I didn't hear it. I expect to hear it when I go there. And if I'm there and then I'm acting out and I'm not supporting Trump, I'm going to be the N-word all day long, and then, and then I'm going to be, like, shocked about it? Come on. we got to stop this. this. This is ridiculous. We have to stop this nonsense.
1: It is. It is. So, once again, you know, you have where you, where you think where there's smoke, there's fire and relief. Really, yeah. Focus smoke. And I'm, just, I'm disappointed that, once again, Black Lives Matter has lost their focus. They don't know what they're supposed <gasps> to be doing. And this is exactly why when people ask, you support Black Lives Matter? I said, from an intrinsic view of what they would like to, what they stand for about police brutality against black lives being extinguished so easily. Yes, I support I the statement. But yes. all, this, all the extra stuff they're doing, absolutely nope. not. not my cup of tea. Not my cup of tea. Don't, don't like half the stuff they do. I'm all about peaceful protests. But when you start doing stuff like this, I'm not on board with it. So, hence, I have a hard time aligning myself with somebody who I feel like they're too fragmented. They have no real direction and no leadership. And to me... That's a problem. And I can't go with it. All right. That is a matter of the awful truth. How it fans. Alright, the first hour is in the books. We're gonna take another break and come back and kick off the second hour with the fringe. Those hot topics and headlines that are trending, just maybe not in your timeline. A couple of stories that if you're about to take flight, you might do it with a little apprehension. Drones have now become dangerous as well as your flight attendants are losing it. And are trying to set fire in the plane. (laughs) (laughs) Not that I'm trying to scare you before you go on your trip, but anyway. Good
0: night. We'll be right back.
1: We're in that second hour. We're be until 2 p.m. So feel free to join the conversation. Don't be shy. 310 807 5211. Or if you want to get in the chat room or if you want to get social with the show, you can do that too. You can find me on Facebook and Twitter at The TheMyAKI Show. Nikki, if they'd like to start coming up with you, where can they find you?
2: (laughs) In their dreams. (laughs) But if you want to be civil, you can find me at Nikki Brayden on Facebook and Twitter and The Nikki Brayden on Instagram.
1: Just got you. All right, so the fringe. There's plenty of places. There's news everywhere. And you know what? It, it may not always populate into your timeline or wherever, you know, news lot you look. And so We like to share some of those stories that at least I find interesting or get a giggle out that I think somehow it's worth knowing. And these first two are about... If you happen to be, you know, a, a traveling the friendly skies. Okay. The first one is on the outside of the plane.
0: There yeah. Has been,
1: this is being reported because, um, you know, the FAA, which tracks a lot of, uh, you know, things that happen in regards to airplanes, not just on U.S. soil, but it's an international venture to stay aware of some trends and things that are happening. But it's, yes. being repo- it's being reported that there has been more, and this has happened more in Europe than here, which means they must be a bit too less. There's been more than 23 near misses between aircraft and drones in the last six months. And actually, the reason nice. this story is, po- is coming up is because just yesterday, a plane leaving out of Charles de Gaulle Airport in Paris had a near miss with a drone. Not, yes. not not actually once it was in flight. So technically, the drone was in what was supposed to be the no-fly zone. Around airports, there are no-fly zones for, like, drones and things like that. Right. So this drone was in the no-fly zone. And this plane, which is pretty much almost at its altitude, but getting up to its altitude. Encounters this drone, and how to do an evasive maneuver to miss the drone. So my first thought was this: airplane versus drone. I was like, how can the plane doesn't win? I'm like, oh wait, if that sucker gets into the engine, gets in the engine, yeah. If it I'm sucks up like, into the engine,
2: an engine airplane and yeah, versus drone. yeah, yeah.
1: I was like, no, no yeah. problem. I'm like, oh wait, but it happens to fly into one of the engines. Now we got a problem. Yeah. And I was like, here's yeah. what I don't understand. And see, you hate to feel like you don't want to tell people what to do. Why do you have a drone, and why are you messing around with airplanes? There are more than 200 lives on an aircraft. Who thinks that's funny? Why is that entertaining to people, Nikki? I don't understand it.
2: I don't, I don't know if they – I don't think if people get the the gravity of it or – or you understand what I mean? I don't even think if people really realize how much that no-fly zone and how much interference you can cause and how dangerous that is. I don't know because maybe people do think like you, airplane versus drone, who's going to win? But I'm like, the gravity of that is a lot of things can go wrong and you just can't be in a plane swerving willy-nilly. Like, it's not like you're in the car and you're like, oh, a duck, and you swerve. You just can't swerve of a big jet like that? Let me <laughs> If you want
1: to know how easy... How it's not easy to make an evasive maneuver on a plane if you did not see the movie flight, which right to the day I was like, wow. I yeah. Mean, I don't know it was made yeah. up. Yeah. But that's just goes to show you when you have to do... Planes, these are massive... They weigh tons. Yes. They weigh tons. It's not something like you said, right. you can just swerve to the left, swerve to the right. right. No. You can't do so that. <laughs> why people are messing around. And you know, another issue they have besides just drones, and this happened in New York, like I want to say, August, September, people were using those. They're, they're called laser beams, the red beam lights. Right. And they found in proximities that were close to the airports around New York, people were beaming them at airplanes. See, that and they light. can't see. You can't. And the pilots were saying it was actually disruptive and causing a problem. And I was like, you can't how, see. I was like, wait a minute. I was like, how powerful are these laser beams? And why are we selling them to people? See, this is why I say, people want to talk about freedom and not infringing on people's rights. But then when you give people something like, maybe people don't need drones. Because what do you need a drone for? What do you need a drone for? What are you doing with, I what are you doing with it? I don't so know. I said, either you're a peeping know. Tom, you're doing surveys, and right. some ask you a question. Why do people need drones when it's all said and done? Oh, are you going to drop off your homework at school and your drone? No. <laughs> There's no reason for this. And because apparently people don't know what to do with them, it's like them damn hoverboards that are blowing up. Take them off the market. Because you know what? You want people to do the right thing, but when you start endangering 200-plus people's lives, because you don't seem to understand the gravity of your action, there's a way to fix that. Just don't tell it.
2: I mean, I don't know what I don't know what to do. This is what keeps us in business. Every time a drone flies in front of the plane, this is what keeps me in my Gucci boots. I don't want nobody to die from it. But when people do <laughs> foolishness like this, this keeps me, I'm telling you, so I'm on the fence with this one. No, I really I don't want anybody to die. But every time some foolishness and laser beams happen, seriously, and it happens all of this, this happens more than you could know. I'm telling you, this keeps them in business, I'm serious so this happens They're more saying, than you will ever know yes. a lot,
1: it a back, lot it started back in October of, of last year, up until coming to this year, there's already been more than mm-hmm. 23 near misses around the world, yes. and I'm like come on people, this isn't funny there are people's lives That could yes. that drone, like you said, gives them to the engine and all of a sudden, and, and what's interesting is so, with drones, when you get a drone you're supposed to actually register it this is the registration right. fee, like 10 bucks or something so you know who has it but trust me, there are probably tons of unsanctioned drones oh, just flying around. Of you course. Got people, if I got bad intentions, I'm probably not gonna register the drone, which then makes me feel like of course. if you don't register that drone at the point of origin, seriously, it's not gonna get done. So a lot of people are if there's more than they would say there's more than three hundred and fifty thousand registered drones around the world. If there's three hundred and fifty thousand wow. registered drones there's probably three hundred and fifty thousand um,
2: unregistered. right. So
1: just correct. correct. Like guns. So, like, so that's it's just like guns. Right, exactly. It's it's not full for and remember the guy just um we talked about this in the fall of last year who had made the gun he put he had mounted the gun on the drone. Yeah. Like, on the drone, I mean? yes. Mm-hmm. This is why I was like, maybe we just don't need to let people have this I said like, because I know it's wrong, you might feel like it's infringing on people's rights, but people just don't know what to do with stuff. I'm serious. It's like, there's nothing funny. If it was a child, I'd be like, okay, dumb child. But these are adults that are doing this kind of stuff. And of I'm like, course. i this is funny. I mean, imagine the panic you and you find out, you have a planet. we almost had a near-miss. What do you mean we almost had a near-miss? A drone. A drone. Now I'm pissed off.
0: Yeah.
1: Now I'm pissed off. Yeah. Okay. And they were saying that drones are supposed to have this GPS chipping in them, that it's supposed to prevent them from being able to fly to the altitude that this drone did. But you know what that was, tech- that was my question. That was my question. You get these tech savvy people, Nikki, who can break open a right. drone and can manipulate right. stuff like that. I mean, we've got look, we've got some brilliant people in the world. It's sad that they want to use their, brill- their brilliance to do something bad most of the time. Don't worry, the government's yeah. for them because they're not around to give somebody like that a job. But you know, you've got somebody who can work around that. I mean, so I was like, that's not a that's not a safety net. So my thing is, if we cannot put in different, I guess you could say, things that are going to make it safer for people to have drones then maybe we just shouldn't sell them. Because what will happen is somebody will modify it, they'll change the programming on it, and use it to how they want to do it. And I just have a problem with it. It's one thing, it's in your backyard. It's different when you're, like, trying to be funny with major aircraft. It's not cool. Right. It's not cool. not cool. I That's originally the thought we're drones the were
2: for military purposes only, and then I was like, how did the man next door get get a drone? At first they I thought work. it was like, I'm like how did... How did devil, you get a drone? Like, why does my neighbor they have work. a drone? Like, how did this happen? I was like, this is supposed to be for military they personnel work. only. But
1: as there's lots of different technology that starts out with a military intention, but eventually does roll into the general populace. And for whatever Jeez. reason, people got drones for entertainings. Right. I was like, just use those little airplanes you can fly. Isn't that good enough? Right. Why do you need drones? Right. What, 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 I what don't know. With the remote airplanes. They flew? They yes. So In that, helicopters. Yes. Obviously, mm-hmm. they they had limited capacity of what they could do, which was probably the right idea because now you see when you right. expand the possibility how the human mind goes off into left field. You know what I mean?
0: Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, so like,
1: That's not enough to feel like on the outside of the aircraft there are those impending dangers and drones. You got to worry about the inside, too? Now, you, gotta now worry about the you, got, you got passengers wiling out. Remember, we had a lady who punched a stewardess. A person yes. who punched the passenger. You got people. Didn't he you know, got pee kind of on stuff.
2: another guy? He did he pee I on somebody on the, on the plane? Yes. And,
1: yes. You, got, you got all these issues caught up. You get you know more than what is it fifty? What is it fifty? Whatever it is, fifty thousand feet in the air. Whatever fifty five thousand feet. And yeah. So you're in a close you're in a closed space, and you don't know, that's not a good. Anything feeling. goes. No. No. Anything can go and that they said that's why yeah. airplanes they're just they such a crap shoot because it limited staff to really be able to do anything. So you're hoping that when people come on an airplane they're gonna behave themselves because you don't anticipate right. they're going to. So imagine it's bad enough you gotta worry about passengers being in left field. Now you gotta worry about the staff acting out the stewardess, flight attendants. So, right now, the FBI, the Federal Bureau of Investigation, had to arrest an American Airlines flight assistant who was suspected of starting a flyer during a flight, not before it took off, during a flight, okay? So <laughs> they're saying, this arrest happened on Wednesday, that the flight attendant is being charged with destruction of air, aircraft or aircraft facilities and then making a false statement about what happened. So what they're saying is um, Jonathan Tafoya, Montana, Is who, Montano, sorry, is who's being charged with this, had reported Mm -hmm. that there was a fire in the lavatory aboard the flight that he was the flight attendant for that was a flight from Dallas to Detroit. And this happened on February the 1st. This isn't new. The rest just happened on Wednesday. That's not a nice Uh little Dallas, that's a nice little fan of space you're covering on a flight. It turns out that he discovers the fire, gets the extinguisher, puts it out. And the, and the plane is able to land safely in Detroit. There were no injuries resulting from this because he started and discovered it. Only when people found out afterwards that he was the person that set the fire in that the first set it. Fire.
2: Was he smoking and a he cigarette? Admitted, was he?
1: No, he admit, no no he admitted that he took a he just set lighter the plane on fire. and some paper towel, put it inside of the sink and set it on fire, and left the laboratory. And then pretended to discover it. Now, here's the thing. I'm not quite understanding what was going on with Mr. Tafoya-Montano. Like, okay, this is a closed space. What happens if all of a sudden that would have got out of control?
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Seriously. So, obviously, he's been detained. And, of course, obviously, American Airlines, they they're, 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 they're released their statement. Thing. They take this matter very seriously and they're cooperating with law enforcement in the investigation. But my question is, what is there to investigate? The question is this, why did you do that? Why, did, why
2: you do that? did you do
1: that? Yeah, I don't know. You set a fire to only discover the fire, so what was your intention with it? Did you need to be a hero? Are you a pyromaniac? What? What's going and on? And why
2: are you flying? I don't know, but this is going to keep me in business. Thank you, Mr. Toyfoya Montano. Thank you. <laughs> Y'all just keep rolling it in.
1: <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you. You look at this, and you're just like, Jesus. you like, you know, I don't have a problem with flying. But now, I'm telling you, and this is bad. I have Nervous. About flying ever since 9-11, to tell you the truth. Yeah. Every time I step on a plane, I always – I hate to – I look around the plane. I look at people all the time. And I know that's wrong, but I still have that apprehension. I do. Because I realize that we are dealing in a society of just nut-roll people. Seriously. it's. Full of I've, I've never so been – like, even
2: – yeah, I even the plane. I, if I'm on a plane longer than five hours, I've never been anywhere that if it takes me longer than five hours, I won't go. I can't. And when I fly over water, I freak out. I don't. And that was before nine eleven. It's just something. I'm like, you shouldn't be on a plane that long. Like seventeen hour flights, I'm never going anywhere. Like ever. It's not gonna happen. Really? Five well, hours max, I mean, and then after that, I can't go. Longest, I can't do it.
1: My longest flight was collectively twenty six hours.
2: No, um, can't. I Singapore. There's no on the um, planet. Nope. Like I better be on the planet. It was
1: Minneapolis, which plane, nope. and it was Minneapolis to Narita, Japan. That was the longest stretch. And that, was like, in nope. itself, was probably like 21 hours. And um, when we got to nope. Japan, I was like, okay, what is Singapore going to happen? They're like, oh, that's like another four and a half, five hours. I was like, what? That huh. was my longest flight. And I have to say, <laughs> that took a toll on me. I was like, okay, this um, you know, um, is a long time to be this little tube. And granted, you know, it was one of their large, those- I'll tell you what, I will say this. I way. don't care. I would encourage anybody, if you have a long flight, one look at look at the carrier. You want those nice carriers like British Airways that have like little sleeping beds. And you also want to be in first class if you don't have that because being coached in yeah. coach a long flight it sucks. And that's coming from a short. That was like uncomfortable. Uh-uh. So but so I've had some long, I've had 14 hour flights. So I've had some long flights. I've only I've done all that. But. I didn't have an apprehension of anything until after nine eleven, and I'm like, really? "Please don't let anybody get out here and decide they want to clown." Yeah, I, 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 I've always been. Cause I've been flying since I was like a kid, so it never bothered me. I was so too, flying, and I didn't like
2: fun. it. I'm like, How, when we get How off it? of this?" And I, but, was, I was like, "I want off." I thought, <laughs> I thought I thought when we, I we
1: thought get that off of this. Cool. My first my, my first Mm-mm. really like international flight is when I went to Switzerland, and that was like a longer flight, and I was like, just and it was it was cool because I was um, the kid that was tagged. So my mom put me on the flight, you know, so then that means that the flight attendant was responsible for me. It was right. fun. Like they were they were keeping the kid engaged. Uh, so then I thought it to be entertaining and fun when I had that flight. So I I've never really had an issue with I mean, I was like, Oh my god, look at the water. I I'm not I didn't I didn't think for one second. What happens if we landed it? Never crossed my mind. I just thought it was a lot of fun. But um so I don't have an issue with flying, but I do have that, that thought. So I don't I don't know, it's just now I gotta think about the passengers and the crew. Yeah. Center yeah. It's just it's yeah. too much, it's too much, too much. Final story in the fringe, and I don't, I just don't know how I feel about this. You have got Ashley Graham making historical things, obviously being a full size model. So now, the next conversation is a bearded model, and I mean bearded female model takes the runway.
2: I don't know how I feel about this. <laughs> I know I don't either. I I've seen, okay. I don't. This isn't the girl, but it was a girl, and they were making fun of her in the airport because she had a full beard like that, and people were in the airport, and she did this little blog about it, and it was online, and it went viral and like all this stuff. And I guess it's a part of their religion that they don't cut their beards if they grow facial because that's how God made them, and blah, blah, and I get that, and that's fine. That's fine. Okay, <laughs> next door. I can't...
0: No, that's fine. I mean that's fine. This yep. is what
2: I'm this is this is what I'm talking about when it comes to like because I know people go, go off on me. But this is this is what I'm talking about when it comes to that modeling thing where anything I'm like, is this sincere or is this like look at what weird thing I can put on the one and I don't wanna say weird, but you understand what I'm trying oh, to say. Okay, like am so like
1: here is here was the context of this. This happened last week. Her name is Hernan Cure Carr. I'm not sure how you say her last name. Mar Carr. Just her name. She became the first woman to be in a major one-way show, full beard. But she was on the catwalk for a jewelry designer. It was part of Royal Fashion Day Club. This is a British um, event that they do. And so she was a, she was a jewelry model. Now, mind you, when you see this picture, here's why it's interesting. Believe it or not, under the beard, just looking at her from the from the nose up, she actually looks like she'd be a very attractive woman from her features. But she really has a small beard.
0: She has on what is and not, a mustache. It's not,
1: not, not called it's not called turbans, but it's a, it, it looks like that. Um, and then right. she has a dress on and heels. So I'm looking at this image, and I'm like, "There's a lot going on here." And I'm like, as a woman, um. I don't, I just, not the facial hair thing is not something I'm gravitating to. It's just like, I don't want a beard, and I don't find that attractive on women.
2: And a That's full one. I mean, it's that, full. That, yeah. Like, it's, she, it's like outside. Rick Ross' beard. It's Rick Ross. Yeah, exactly. It's essentially what That's she exactly is. That's exactly what it's yes. like. It's Rick Ross' beard. Exactly what it's like. Yes. 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 You
1: know, and she said that, you know, she grew up, she was overweight. Um, she's obviously has since thin, then, thinned out. Like I said, she looks like she'd be a very, when you see her face, outside the beard. She you can't, she can't see her face. On. I see her
2: eyes and her but, nose. She got normal eyes and her <laughs> nose. You can't see anything else. But it's
1: like she looks like she might I mean she looks like she might be a very she could be an attractive woman. I I don't know. I'm pretty sure most men would tell you they would not want a woman with a beard. Not in the article did it did not disclose that she is nothing about her sexual orientation. So if this is a religious deal No, I this is I think this is
2: a religious thing. This is religious. This is a religious thing that they're not they don't shave their beards or anything because it's how God made them or they got whatever they believe in because it there was another young lady and they were making fun of her in the airport. She wrote a blog about it to explain it. And it was like, if for religious reasons, if they can grow facial hair, that's just what they do because that's how they're made and that's just what they do. So I think this is religious, which is fine. Well,
1: what she went into saying was this. She suffers from polycystic ovarian syndrome. It's a hormonal condition, and part of it is you get excessive hair, um, hair growth. And she did say that she started growing her hair, not only intentionally, but because of this condition. When she was 11, she started having mm-hmm. facial hair. And she said she did remove it, but it became so so much of a task to do it that at she 16, just grew it? she stopped. And she goes, even though she was ashamed it was being bullied, it was something that she said she just got tired of fighting it and decided to accept herself for the way that she was, facial hair and all. Okay. I mean, that's fine. Dude, scroll. Nikki, I'm serious. Scroll through the article, and you'll get a uh-uh. close-up of the picture of her. No, 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 no. Uh-uh. When you see her face, I'm telling you, you're going to say she is actually would be a beautiful woman without this beard. I'm telling you. you I get it. Scroll through, and you're going to be like, me like, no scroll, No, scroll all the way down to the article. Okay. You'll be like, wow, she's actually very pretty. That's why I'm like, I can't believe that she would just, but she's embracing it. It's her. I guess I'm just saying that I. It's different. She's very pretty though. She really is. She really is. But um, that takes courage. It's fine. It takes.
2: It takes takes. Oh my! Oh my God! It's a little hair under my chin. It drives me nuts. It's a one just right under my chin. You can barely see it, but I know it's there, and it drives me absolutely nuts, and I couldn't even, so I can't even imagine looking like a toilet brush by the face because I can't even do that little one hair under my chin. Can't even do it. So this is <laughs> absolutely <laughs>
1: All
0: right, everybody. I That's the friend. The story's posted. Check
1: it out. Tell me what you think. I don't know. It just... If that's her decision, that takes courage. Sure. It takes a lot of courage to decide to follow mm-hmm. through on that because most people are not going to be accepting. All right, we're going to take another breath to come back. We're asking going to do Celebrity Talk and the Side Eye. So the Nina Simone biopic is set to come out. And as you know, no,
2: Lord. Um,
1: Zoe Saldana, who is my favorite actress, is going to be Nina Simone. And it is coming under major scrutiny,
0: Yes, major
1: scrutiny. We'll talk about that after the break at some of our celebrity talk. about everybody to tight. It's the Maya Kai unplug featuring comedian Mr. Brayton. <laughs> into this second hour, and we're going to see you until 2 p.m., the Maya Kai Show. Mm -hmm. On plus, featuring comedian Nikki Braden, and we're officially, I know, your morning through the midday, and this is one of those conversations that could have been an awful truth, because this is really bothering me, Nikki. I'll be curious your opinion. One zero eight zero seven five two one one chat room's open, and you know where to find us on social media. Okay, so, I remember when it was announced, probably more than two, two years ago or so, that Zoe Saldana was cast to play Nina Simone in a biopic entitled Nina. Now, a lot of people had an issue with it because of her ethnicity, um, her good looks, the complexion of her skin. Even Simone's family, particularly her daughter, actress Simone Kelly, which I didn't even know she had a daughter that was an actress, um, probably wanted to roll herself. That's That's a slap in the
2: face. That's a slap Um, in the face.
1: um, Because... uh, They really, because of the backlash, everybody thought that this film was going to be shelved, that it would make it out. And actually, I had gotten to a point where I didn't think it would make it out either. Well, it's being announced. Here's what's interesting, though. But it'll it'll be in theaters, select theaters, but it's also going to be available on video on demand and digital HD come April 22nd. So it sounds like it's going to have a short run in theaters, probably select theaters, and then it's going right to video on demand. So the film was written and directed by Cynthia March. Um, You know, Mike Epps is in it. It has other, you know, um, David Ayello is in it. It's got other people mm-hmm. in this film. But sure. it seems like people are really upset that they cast Zoe Saldana in it. And it's interesting, since the release date has been put out, it's now kind of brought it back to the forefront of people. And the things I have read, posted on social media. How oh, people went in. You know, this is so ignorant, saying, you know, how could they cast her as lead role as Nina Simone? She's iconic kind of artist and activist. Um, they thought it was secure that she would cure that she would be selected. And I'm just like, okay, last time I checked, and maybe I'm being biased because I like Zoe Saldana. I really do. So maybe I like I'm her. being – Yeah, no, I like her. I'm being biased. You like know, and you, if you don't know her, it's I hard to believe she was like an avatar was probably a big role followed by Star Trek. And then she was in Guardians of the Galaxy – if you, if you don't do those kind of movies, she see in Drumline. Um, so, you know, she's been in a, a good mixture of movies overall. And originally she came into Hollywood is she's a trained formal dancer, actually, um, mm-hmm. ballet. So that's really how she kind of broke into a, a movie called Center Stage, what was about dancing, and that's where I first came to know her. I was like, oh, good dancer, um, very talented girl. But I'm bothered because people are questioning things Nikki like about her complexion, that she's not black enough. If I hear that one more time, I'm gonna throw up. I'm like, this is not acting. Is the portrayal of a character now? If she does a bad job, then I think you have a right to nail her to the wall. But if she goes and does a solid, solid, a solid job on it, why is she being criticized on appearance? She is brown. Okay, she's not as dark as Nina Simone. Okay, and you're right, her hair is finer. But why is she being demonized for that?
2: Because I think what happened, from what I understand. It came out the makeup that they put on her, and it it's bad. Like I saw, and I like Zoe Saldana too. But it's like if you have to do all of that, why didn't you find somebody that was close? Like people were bringing up Viola Davis and somebody that was, you know. And it looked like people were lining her up. Remember with the character in uh, Tropic Thunder when oh um, it was got right. I was about to call him Charlie Sheen, but he's not Charlie Sheen. But when he had the black face on, oh, the Lewis, Robert, like, yeah, Robert, Robert Downey Jr. Yes, people were lining her up like, side by side like that. Makeup job was like that, and so people are really getting in alignment. like her family was really upset. Like that was, I don't know, it's upsetting if her daughter is an actor. That was really slap in the face. I'm like, if somebody's gonna play my mom, well, look, hello, you know. But but it's the makeup that know,
1: they had to do
0: to her. It's not that big. I'm mean,
1: like, I'm looking at the movie poster. And I saw the trailer. So obviously. They had to darken her up a bit. And my thing is, why even really stress about I'm understanding that Simone was a darker woman and you might need to darken her up a little bit? I mean, I get that, but it's the essence of her story that's supposed to matter. But what it's worth, Denzel Washington was not as fair as Malcolm X and nobody. Got all sorts about it
2: because he, he looked look- like him. I mean, they didn't. They didn't. They didn't lighten him. I mean, they didn't alter it. like she. They altered her with like makeup and like put like cosmetic like Miss Doubtfire like plastic. They did that to her face and then darkened her up. And people were like, why didn't you just find somebody that looked like Lauren Hill? People were saying like, there are people that could have played this. Why yeah, her? Lauren and Hill then you have to make old. my mom. You have to make my mom look like a clown, almost like why like it's the well, imagery it looks, that goes so with it, I think okay. that people are so
1: upset about. It looks like they corrected that because what I've seen it she doesn't look like the stuff that I've seen now, so they probably corrected it, and they were- you know what they were probably overstating they were probably too sensitive to the idea of physical features, and they That's probably what, made that mistake when they should have been focused on the essence of the story. Right. Because if she tells sure. her story right, that's what – sometimes if a person delivers an excellent performance, you'll forget about what they look like. You'll oh, like, yeah. Yes, yeah, right, yeah that's you right. will. So to me, I I think when they went into this project, they probably were focusing too much on that.
2: Exactly. Right.
1: Point, they should have stay true to the essence of what the story is. And I think they probably came back around to it because I'm seeing other stuff and she doesn't look like that. I mean, let's be honest. Zoe down is very thin. I mean, she's going to probably put a little bit more weight on since she's had her, had her twin. But you know she's definitely you know not typical in regards to form, and she's even spoke to that in her career that you know growing up how people would would tease her about being tall and being lanky because that's yeah, not but, right. you know what, what she was what she was supposed to look like. She's had her own struggles with that. I'm just more interested in the performance. I don't get shape about it. a person. No, she's not Nina Simone. It's about delivering the performance, and I'm like, if she does yeah. a good job, that's what that's what really matters. But I was just disappointed that people were like saying things like she's just not dark enough. Not so much that you know, people didn't, you know, like her makeup. They were just bashing her like, you know, that's always a down pick, as Nia Simone looks like blackface. Um and I get it, they did a bad makeup job and they should have not They did so a hard horrible
2: makeup job.
1: You know, but I'm just I'm just disappointed in that fact that but when I heard people make comments about her color, like her features aren't good enough. The problem is Nikki, we do that to each other all the time, even when we're not playing a role. Yeah. And that bothers me.
2: I, I, I absolutely get it I understand it I'm part of the community and I think that the problem and you know any time that you have a lighter skin and Zoe Saldana she's not Alicia Keys light but you know she's not Viola Davis or Nina Simone Dark and so anytime you take somebody like that with a fine hair and everything that's already under scrutiny and then you have to darken it up and nappy it up. People are going to have a problem with that. Like that's the issue, that's the real underlying issue. I just said it. If you got to darken and nappy her up, then why did you even get her in the first place? And that's why people are mad. And that's that, that's why.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: That's it. So people had an issue with her in the first place. So and that's the reason. It's sad.
1: I think what I was saying, I must have I guess Blockchain didn't like what I was saying, so it wanted to silence me.
0: <laughs>
1: if you I think it wanted to silence me like enough of this Yeah. Enough! I think it silenced
0: oh, me
2: too. Did you we both got silenced. both of you just knocked it off.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think it decided like i that you're being too controversial, accept accepted. So what I was saying before I decided it was going to boot me off and what I was saying wasn't relevant is that I was talking about I do believe if you talk about a snug I do agree, Viola Davis, one, fits a look. She fits, she has a look down pat. Her acting, mm-hmm. I, I do believe I do believe she could have delivered it like could sure. have nailed it with with no problem. Now the singing and dancing part, I don't know. Maybe not. But they probably could she's honestly, she's Juilliard,
2: isn't she? Viola Davis is Juilliard. I don't believe I believe there's something mean, in her. But, She's Juilliard. She can but, do that.
1: But but bottom line is you could what well, people are not all that engaged in it just about her singing and dancing. You know, you could, they could have worked around it. Right. That's, that's, that's a magic sure. Hollywood. They could have made it sure. work. So a lot of what I'm hearing is they felt like they were more qualified actors, which I don't know if that's a fair statement, yes. because I think that Zoe technically is qualified. She's she, She's done just as hard work to make it in Hollywood, especially as a black Latino actress, which is easy to be marginalized. It's easy to be inv- invisible to people. It really is. Sure. I think she's absolutely. Put her, I think she's worked as hard to have a rising star as anybody else. The conversation, sure. I hate to hear people say, it's just a make comment about her color like it's not good enough. The folks, we should be past that. So now, I, for what it's worth, for all the scrutiny, let me just say this. I hope she nails it. I mean, I hope, so. yeah, I hope I she mean, does I mean, absolutely just Because if she doesn't nail it, it will be the one film in her career that she'll probably, you know, regret. It's just like when the conversation came out about Beyonce wanting to be part of the creation, um, production, and acting as Sarah Sarah Bartman. And people were like, hell no, hell no. Right. And they were like, you better not because she doesn't look like her. Well, here's the thing. She's not supposed to look like her because she's not Sarah Bartman. But my point was Beyonce is not an actress. And that's going to require acting. It's going to require nudity. It's going to require doing things of yourself that you've never done before. You need to leave that to right. somebody who is truly an actor who can do that. And I think she realized, right. you know what? Yeah, let me – that is not my craft. That's not something I can really own and do. So, you know, I'm just – I was a little disappointed that they came so hard at going with that. I really was. I really, really was. Yeah. Uh, so we talk before we wind up the segment, and we had got to talk about this because I think it's ridiculous, you know, two things. So OJ – who's in the news because, you know, he they're doing the whole, um, like, American Horror Story has... Um, yes. That's actually uh, how it has different episodes, like the hotel and the circus. It does. This new thing, American Crime, is produced by the same production house. So it started out mm-hmm. with O.J. being the first series they not going to roll out to other crimes that have happened throughout society that have just captivated people and were groundbreaking cases, and O.J. Simpson was the first case they did. So to um, mixed reviews, O.J., one, was disappointed that... They picked. Um, he was very disappointed in who they picked to cast him. They're like, really? That's the best you could do. He was not right. happy with Kubrick Gooding Jr. But on the heels of that, why are we hearing about? Why are we hearing about a knife was found at the former Simpson estate? Um, they believe it's linked to the crime? Oh, that's not relevant. Come on,
2: people, really? A bloody it's knife. not relevant. And and. It, look, don't dig up somebody's yard and then be like, "Aha!" And like we, found, I'm like, they turned the world upside down looking for that knife, and now we're supposed to believe like because you dug a hole and it was like it was here all along. Like, come on. Like, I'm trying to figure out what the purpose is because he was found not guilty. There's some people who believe that he did do it and then there's some people who were like I don't I don't believe that. And so now they're trying to prove it and you were talking like it's double jeopardy. It doesn't matter. He can't be tried for it. But I'm like is this just the final aha to make everybody believe like you're guilty of this murder? I don't get and why now? And why are you going to such lengths to prove that? This just doesn't make sense to me. He's already in jail. Just leave it. But don't plant stuff and try to trick us like we don't know any better. We know better. Well,
1: yeah, it's, it- I'm like, and why is this breaking news? I'm like, only because he he's in he's in jail in Nevada for an entirely different crime, and he can, actually might be Florida, I'm not sure. He's got another case pending in Nevada, so I'm not sure where exactly is incarcerated at. Where he actually broke into a hotel room where he had found out people would to, to take to his, his, his own
0: stuff backyard, back. They wouldn't, he
1: wouldn't <laughs> get stuff. Okay, right. I don't know why OJ didn't have the aha moments. It's like, I probably should inform officials of this and let them go question it because it is stolen property, and he wouldn't be in jail they nailed him for that even though he was going to yeah. it was rightfully his it's how they did it right. i guess somebody was kidnapped and it was craziness so i mean just yeah insanity. so he's in jail anyways but i'm like it doesn't matter in the court of public opinion either you believe oj is guilty or you think he's innocent that's it and mm-hmm. i showing up x amount of years in fact has no bearing because they home that property inside and out and how they were yes. committed to that i have no yes. idea
2: yes yeah, so to no come idea. up and be like, aha, it was always here. Like, are you kidding me? Now, we know better than that. I mean, I know we're stupid and Trump's running for president. We don't look like we're still smart, but there's some of us that know better than this. But nice try.
1: Nice try. And another, <laughs> another final thing, I want to get your feedback. Cat Williams is just absolutely off the rails. Oh right? I mean, he gets arrested on battery charges in Georgia. He Every to week. Every in a convenience store. Every ah, week. Cat Williams. First of all, he obviously, Every week. Obviously he's, got an, he's got an addiction issue. I don't ever see him not sweating, just, like, losing it. And it's sad because didn't Cat Williams, like, adopt, like, a bunch of kids and stuff? Like, he's a father to adopt so. the kids. And, yeah. I mean, he was – and he and then he's had to do a comedy special and stuff coming up. So, Well, he challenged, he, so Chris, people? he challenged Chris – He challenged Chris – he did this whole thing
2: that like Chris Hart. I didn't combine two comedians. I'm wrong for this. Mm-hmm. Kevin Hart. <laughs> just, combined, <laughs> just combined two people. He challenged Kevin Hart – to a five million dollar in the ring on stage challenge to do all this stuff and he went rogue talking about Kevin Hart made it and he's a puppet and he made it without you know homosexual acts and he did this whole big thing on stage and then and called Kevin Hart out and then the next day he's like arrested again and I was like see karma I don't understand like it or not, like Kevin Hart or not, and a lot of comedians, they do get jealous because it's like, okay, you own, when you get to a certain point of Kevin Hart's status, people get bitter about that, and it's hard not to show that. And I understand that, but contain that a little bit if you're going to be out getting arrested. The man is not getting arrested whether you like him or not. At least he's doing his job. You understand what I mean? I'm like, you can't get arrested every other month and call somebody out for being successful. Maybe the part of your demise is that... You do crazy stuff every other month. Why don't you yeah, calm down? It's, and it's
1: crazy. He's in Gainesville, Florida, where he was doing a show. He goes into the store, gets into an argument with store employees, with two women, and they were arguing about something. The employee was holding some goggles, threw it at Cat Williams. He then goes behind the counter and puts <laughs> the employee at least once. Oh, it didn't say it was a female employee. Interesting enough, it just said employee. It didn't. He was arguing. Say he punched a woman, which I thought was interesting in the article. I'm like, she threw something at you. It didn't hurt you, but you assaulting somebody. They're calling for you, Cat Williams. Are you kidding me?
2: Yeah, yeah. I
1: don't know. And I'm like, you don't get it by now?
2: I'm like, you don't get it by now? And I'm like, part of your – I don't don't understand, but the thing that everybody was saying, karma, is because he just went on this whole entire rant about Kevin Hart last week. And about how he, just a whole went on stage just went off on him and challenged him to a whole kind of comedy thing and whatever, and then goes out and does something foolish like that. So I'm like, well, it doesn't have to put you in the best light and give you room to talk much, but there you go. He tried to throw the oh. shade, and then that's what
1: happened. He he needs a major intervention because he is absolutely just... Yeah. Here. All right. Well, hey, that's some celebrity... Hey, the lead. We're down (laughs) to our final segment of the show. We'll take another break and come back with It's Nikki's Criminal Cross. It's Friday, everybody sit tight. We'll be right back. (laughs) to one one Remember to hit the one button so I know your head is up. Of course, the chat room's open and you know how to get social with the show. So it's Friday, which means it's time to get in the know with Cream of the Crop with Nikki, where she us and share something with you that's worthy knowledge to know. So what do you have in store for us today, Nikki?
2: I, look, my spring is coming up and this, I will just make this disclaimer. This might not interest you fellas, although these days I don't know. It could. But spring is coming up. (laughs) And. It's time to change. You get stuck in a rut, and you kind of, like, switch your clothes over. You're taking out your winter clothes. You're getting your spring clothes. And along with that comes makeup. And I really am not a makeup girl unless I'm going somewhere. But since doing the show and, like, being in this new arena of taking photo shoots, when we had that celebrity makeup artist, and I was like, oh, my God. You know what I mean? I've tra- been trying to kind of keep that up, especially when I go somewhere. And so we, and she gave us a few tips. That I try to follow, but I have this whole new makeup look and things that I want to get out of my makeup rut, so I've decided to share with everybody else, like, we're going to go into spring, let's change up our makeup habits, ladies and some fellas that are interested, so I have 10 bad makeup habits that we need to stop doing right now, we're going to start this for spring, we're going to start new, and let's implement this in your makeup routine. So the first thing that some people do, and these are little things that you don't even think about when you do it, like that people do all the time, and probably you can attest to this when you put on makeup, but these are the wrong things to do. So the first thing that they say, and this is from the HuffingtonPost.com, the first thing that they say is blowing on your brushes. And this is one thing. We've all done it. You swipe your brush a little too heavily into the product, and then thoughtlessly you blow on the bristles to get rid of the excess. It's almost like you were taught this technique. Unfortunately, blowing on brushes creates a playground for bacteria growth. The bacteria can build and build with each innocent blow and then transfer to your pores to promote unsightly breakouts. Instead of blowing, try tapping your brush against your arm, a compact, or the edge of your counter or vanity. You'll get the same result you're used to without the bacteria.
0: Okay, I never thought
1: about that. Okay, that
2: makes sense. Yeah, I know, blowing on your brush. Number two, this is something simple I know that people don't do, not cleaning your brushes. You know after some time the bristles of your brushes start to get stiffer and clump together or fall out or stick to your skin. That's probably because you're not cleaning your brushes enough. For routine maintenance, dip or spray the ends of your brush into a cleaner. Um, They suggest a Cinema Secrets brush cleaner $24. Um, Then carefully swirl the brush on the towel until the product pigment in the bristles is gone. For deep cleaning, shampoo your brushes once every month or two, and you can use any bottle that you have in stockpile. Mm -hmm. You can hold your brush bristles down, apply the shampoo, and rinse just as you would your hair. You don't want any water to get into the base of the brush because that can cause bacteria as well, so you don't want it to go into the little stick, but just the bristles. And so always around, hold the bristles down under the faucet. Once the water runs clear, lay your brushes on the towel with the bristles, resting on the edge of the counter, and just let them dry. So you can actually use shampoo for that.
1: I would have, I've never done that, and i would never even considered that it was a necessity. Okay.
2: Mhm. So two there new, you go. Two new
1: things. I've learned two new things two. right there. Okay. Number,
2: Number three. And sometimes we know better, but a lot of people are guilty of it. I know I am. Falling asleep with your makeup on. I am so guilty of this. No matter how many times I tell myself enough is enough, it's been a long day, and all you want to do is fall straight to sleep and get into bed and go to sleep. However, leaving makeup on your skin is the quickest way to undo any skincare regimen that you practice. Not only does leftover makeup cause breakouts, but it can also settle into pores and lines and create an uneven and unclean surface for your next application, even if you remove it the next morning. If you're really in a rush, keep your favorite makeup wipes on your bedside table so you can mindlessly freshen up your face before it hits the pillow. I do use Mm
1: -hmm. makeup wipes, but I will admit there's times where I'm like, yes. Walk off yes. a pillow and the yes. pillow wins. Every You're like, I'll handle this I in the walk. morning. Yes. 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 Yes.
0: Pillow wins. Every That's the bad it's
1: thing. Not because I'm trying to, not, I'm not trying to wake up fresh face with makeup on. No, I'm just lazy. Right. No, okay. it's
2: just like I'm lazy and tired. Yep. That's right. what it is. All
1: right. All right. All
2: right. Cool. Number four, not applying moisturizer before your foundation. Moisturizing your, before applying makeup is one of the most important steps in your beauty routine. Without this step, your skin is uneven and dry, which allows certain spots to stick or cling to makeup differently. By applying moisturizer, you're creating a clean and even canvas to begin building your face. I like to use a moisturizer with an SPF to kill two birds with one stone, protecting your skin, also while you prep for your makeup. So you must have moisturizer before your makeup.
1: Okay, that's one thing I will say. I actually I do that, and I do always want to use the one that has SPF in it. So I, I'm on mm-hmm.
0: point. I am doing at least
2: one thing right on the list so far. Okay, number five, matching your eyeshadow to your outfit. Ooh, this was your favorite <laughs> thing to do in high school, but times have changed, <laughs> and the whole matchy-matchy – I cannot stop laughing. This is hilarious. The whole matchy-matchy look signals that you may be in a makeup you may be a makeup newbie. Instead of matching your shadow to your dress, try choosing a shade that suits your eye color. Create contrast to make your eyes pop by choosing the shade on the opposite side of the color wheel. For instance, green eyes look beautiful in bronzes and coppers. Blue eyes love warm shades of orange and brown, and brown eyes tend to pop with a cool undertone colors and taupes. I have brown eyes. I generally stick to that taupe kind of warm area. I don't go crazy because... I, I, first of all, I don't really like makeup, but I was like, I don't want to look like I'm on RuPaul's Drag Race. So I kind of keep my eyes <laughs> and tone it down. So I really get scared to go ham in there. People be drawing cat corners and all that. I was like, see, I can't do out uh, that because no, that scares no, I'll me.
1: Get, I'll get a little funky. I've always wanted to match the eye color. I've always done that. And I will get funky. Like, I'll wear, like, blues and green and purple. Yeah, and, I, I'll I can't. I, I, I will do that. I will do bold eyeliner. Um, um I'm I'm obsessed with the cat eye thing. So I will I will yeah. do bold bold looks. I'm not afraid to do that. But I have never really done that in my clothes. I,
2: yeah, I've never done that. So. I'm petrified about that. So I just stay in one general area and just leave it as that cuz like you don't look a fool if you do anything else.
0: Um all right, number
2: 6. Using your hand to match foundation. You're browsing mm. through your favorite makeup stands while attempting to find the right shade of foundation for your face. Your first instinct is to smudge foundation on the back of your hand to see if it matches your skin tone. The problem is foundation is going on your face, not your hand. Always spot mm-hmm. has foundation at at least two places on your face. The best spots are on your cheekbone next to your ear and along your jawline. You're more likely to find a complementary shade when you, when you match these areas. I think this is more for drugstore. I don't get foundation in a drugstore. I just don't even play that. I go to a counter and I let the girl do it and they always do my cheekbone, but I guess if you get foundation right. in a drugstore, how else would you know? And you put it on the back of your hand. So that's the wrong uh, yeah, thing I think, to yeah.
1: do. Yeah, I think absolutely. If you're buying it like in like an Alta or Sephora or someplace mm-hmm. like that, they're all, first of all, someone's going to come help you do it and they're always going right.
0: to use your face.
1: which And that makes sense. Right. I think we I think a lot of people are guilty. And Interesting enough, I would say not even foundation. Even if you like, say, buy lipstick.
2: Lush. Yes. All or, that yes. Said,
1: you should probably use your face as mm-hmm. of to your hands, because for me, I know my hands are darker than my face. Darker. I mean, I yeah, my it. hands are right but darker than my face. So, actually, that actually makes a lot of sense. Not just probably with foundation, blush, and lipstick. You should use your face as where you're going to put it. But yeah, very good point. I'm, I've been guilty of that. I know I have. Absolutely. Yep. All right, I only got one thing ranked so far. Wow. Okay.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Number seven, improperly blending okay. foundation. When going with a full facial foundation coverage, we often stop the application on our chin or jawline. The problem with this technique is that it often creates an illusion of makeup mask. People wonder why your face doesn't match your neck or even if <laughs> you're wearing the proper foundation at all. To break this habit, always blend your foundation down your jawline into your neck, and you can use a bronzer on your neck and along your jawline, around the edges of your face to create a more seamless foundation finish. So you know how some people, like, stop around your hairline, and then you have that circle mask, and your neck doesn't match? Yeah. you got to do the whole entire thing. Yeah, that's what that is. So don't See, do
1: that. Some, you know what? If you do your own makeup, these are actually some great tricks. And, hey, even if you're a guy, if you have a, a daughter, you could seem really cool with some of this stuff. Be careful. All right, keep going. Well,
2: okay. Right <laughs> Applying concealer without locking it in. You did it. You concealed those under-eye circles and unsightly red bumps. Now onto foundation or eyeshadow, right? Wrong. Forgetting to lock in your concealer almost always leads to its most common problems, creasing, cracking, pigment transfer, and sliding. All of these issues can be put to rest with a simple step of locking in your concealer. Always dust a light layer of translucent or packed powder over the areas you've concealed. This will also prevent your blushes or other colors from sticking to the still wet concealer spots. And what I do, I don't even do my concealer. You're supposed to actually remember the, that makeup artist told us she was phenomenal. She told us to put our eyeshadow on first, and right. because it falls down on your, so you people usually don't do that. You're supposed to actually do your eyeshadow before you do everything right. else. And I don't even do my right. concealer and foundation. I do foundation then concealer on top because you just end up wiping it off. But anyway, if that's the way you're gonna go, at least lock it in if you're gonna put it on before your foundation.
1: Wow, okay. That's okay that's all, not.
2: all right, okay. Number nine, everybody does this. Pumping mascara to get more product. <laughs> we often <laughs> that's my joke. I love that yes. you love that joke.
0: <laughs> we yeah, often yeah, pump
2: yeah. our mascara We often pump our mascara wand into the tube in hopes that it'll pop out with more even pro- product on it. The truth is pumping your mascara pushes more and more air into the tube, causing the product to dry out faster. This means that each time you pump, you create less product for your next application. Instead, gently swirl the wand inside the container and just simply pull the wand out once and apply the coats of mascara that way. So no more pumping, ladies. All right. And last but not least, number 10, and this is, I think, Lip liner should come with a disclaimer because people don't know what they're doing with it. But using lip liner (laughs) only to line the lip, don't buy this. How often do you ask your friend to keep an eye on your pout so your lipstick won't fade and leave with a harsh lip line? I know I've been there. This is probably a sign that you're applying your lip liner wrong. When lining your lips, apply along the upper and lower lip and then blend the color into the middle of the lips. Before taking right. the next step, you should basically be filling in your lips like you would a lipstick. This will keep your lip more color even and natural and make your lips pop and it will allow the color to last
1: longer. Yes, that makes now that I, I got right. So
2: i the ten things I do ten things right,
1: two things right, that's it. All right, okay. You look <laughs> There All you right, go. Good stuff. So
2: that's All our right, ten, well, guys. We go to the spring thing. doing this makeup thing right. There you go. That's
1: right. FYI, because it's spring, which means you should be changing out your colors to something that's more festive and fun. So, yes, it's time to change your your, your makeup, and here's some great tips when you start doing things to move forward. All right. I like it. Ten things to think about this weekend. If you go to Sephora or Alta and go buy some stuff. Okay. Very good. All right, everybody. That's it for this show. We are all wrapped up. Hope you enjoyed everything. Remember, you can join us every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from noon to 2 p.m. right here on Blog Talk Radio. If you miss any show, Never fear. Always, you can come here to my homepage as well as the iTunes. Go to the podcast section and search Maya Kai Presents. Of course, my website, mayakai.com, has everything. Nikki, if they would like to connect with you, where can they find you when we're not on air? I am Nikki Braden on Facebook and Twitter, the Nikki Braden
2: on Instagram. Everybody, enjoy your Friday and your weekend. And as always, if you get the opportunity, please do something nice.
1: Absolutely, everybody. Okay, and enjoy your weekend, and we'll see you same time, same place. That means Monday at noon. Enjoy your weekend.
0: Follow Maya on Twitter at The Maya Akai Show, on Instagram at Maya Akai.